Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Patrick Honeywell, and this is Believe in Chef Special on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. My guest is 13-time pizza world champion and author of the Pizza Bible, Tony Gemignani. The topic, Detroit-style pizza, which has undergone an explosion in popularity across the U.S. So why is this happening? Who better to ask than the world-class pizza expert? Hey, Tony, thanks for joining me again. Great to have you. Yeah, great being here. Thank you. So listen, uh, today it's all about Detroit-style pizza. I don't know what is going on, but I see Detroit-style pizza is really taking off. In fact, I read an article recently, and it said something like January 26th Pizza Hut unveils its own version of a Detroit-style pizza. So I'm wondering what the heck is going on? So I got to get a hold of Tony Geminani, who's the pizza maestro master, best in the world, <laughs> so many ways. So you're here. So I'm really lucky. So what's going on with this Detroit-style pizza? Well, you know, Detroit's had an interesting path. You know, I uh, stumbled on it. Uh, years and years ago when I was doing, oh, a commercial in Detroit. But then when I had this, when I was certifying in, in 2011, 2000, um, yeah, right around 2011, I, I had these two guys in my course from Austin. Um, they were Hunt Brothers and they were talking about uh, Detroit style pizza. And Jeff Smokovich was a, is another guy in the industry, which we all have, you know, concepts and they all have concepts now. And, but back then they, they uh, they really almost didn't. They they you know Jeff had a place that didn't have Detroit. The Hunt brothers were talking about Detroit, and it kind of went to a guy named Sean Rendazzo who who actually recently passed, um, and he was a uh, kind of the biggest cheerleader in the industry for Detroit pizza. He uh, taught it. He he wore shirts. He he was proud of it. Mm. And you know Buddy's Pizza in Detroit, some of these places date back all the way to the late forties and, and mm. places like shields, cloverleaf that are around. And you think of Detroit style pizza, you may, you may not think of Detroit, you, you know, jets is another chain that kind of come, kind of came out of, of that area. But, you know, Sean in about 2012 ended up winning this championship in Vegas. And, um, at the time he was in my seminar in Vegas. I had him in my pizza seminar and, and the day before he won, you know, people are saying, what the heck's Detroit? You have all these operators from all over the world, all these independent operators. And the guys from Detroit just, well, we call that pizza. And everybody else was like, well, what's Detroit pizza? We know New York, we know Chicago, we know Neapolitan, Roman and all this. So mm -hmm. here was this guy that entered the competition. I had him in my seminar. I met him through, the Hunt brothers. I went to Detroit and visited him before, saw what he was doing, um, came back to my store, started Detroit, Smokovich started Detroit, and he's in the seminar in Vegas now, and he's competing that day, and I said, you know, this guy may win it all tomorrow, and what happens, like, Sean wins it all uh, the next day. He, he was the first guy to win. No, no, really, nobody really knew what Detroit pizza really was until, kind of, until Sean really kind of took it <laughs> took the bull and, and like kind of like this showed the world so hmm. here it was in 2012 and in 2000 
is either 2011, 2012. And then the year after Smokovich, Jeff ended up winning. And he has blue pan pizza. And he also has brown dog pizza in uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So there's this renaissance, I would say, that really started in 2011, 2012, 2013 of Detroit style really becoming some sort of like a phenomenon. And then, you know, as an independent operator, like, okay, when are one of the big guys going to kind of grab it and like really <laughs> kind of, you know, they're going to screw it up or they not. So <laughs> like, and what you're saying is now I'm seeing Detroit, you know, COVID was good for Detroit pizza. COVID was good for pizza. Um, during this year, if you had to go or delivery in the pizza industry, you, you kind of were almost killing it. If you had fine dining or a pizzeria that served just, you know, pizza in the restaurant, you, you, you probably weren't. So, what happened was, was, you know, Detroit was kind of taking off. People started to try it on different menus. People were ordering from DoorDash and not getting their regular pizza like they were. And they were getting pizza, you know, multiple times a week, not once a week or every other week. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they started having this Detroit pizza that travels very well. It's cooked in a pan. It's, it holds well. It, it, it's delicious. And it's becoming America's kind of new favorite pizza. Uh, and it kind of went in under the radar during COVID. So it was kind of mainstream for all these years and kind of hip. And if you're at Pizza Expo in Las Vegas and you saw it, then you kind of know. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden now Pizza Hut has it. And it's like they're labeling it Detroit. They got the right box. They're doing racing stripes of sauce. I mean, what the heck? you know, <laughs> so <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's been an interesting journey for Detroit from the late 40s. Mm-hmm. to 2011 2012 to now wow amazing so have you tried their version i mean it's this version of i can't imagine uh, i there's got to be something missing i i don't know uh you know i i haven't i i, I it's funny so in august i get a call uh, well sorry in august i get an email from uh yum brands and uh it's from their uh, r&d department and they asked if they could jump on a phone we got on a phone call um kind of a long lengthy phone call and we talked about styles that were predominant so this is august 2020 and um we were talking about grandma pieces and detroit pizzas and they were doing heavy research in in detroit Mm -hmm. we talked about maybe doing some consulting we talked about ingredients we talked about a number of things how do you implement it and yum brands is pizza hut so like I do with anybody, I mean, I run a school, I, I, I speak about pizzas, write a book about pizzas. I mean, I'm going to talk to somebody if I get on the phone with them. So we talked Definitely. about their ovens, you know, conveyors, and we talked about a number of different things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, that's my question. You know, I haven't tried it yet, but, you know, is it good? Is it the same dough? What are they putting in the pan? Is it oil? Is it butter? You know, it, it, what's the sauce going to be like? Is it is it going to be, you know, commercial but it's going to have that flavor of, of, of like that corporate flavor that, that you may think about when you think of, you know, the Domino's and Pizza Hut's. Is mm-hmm. it is it just going to be incubated? Like, you know, how's this really going to be? And uh, it will be heavy. It will be dense. Um, so those are the kind of questions I was thinking about during the conversation. Um, and then, of course, after. 
I've had a lot of chefs come to me. I just had a chef, a big one out of Pittsburgh, <laughs> Eric. I won't say his last name, but Chef Eric <laughs> texted me and sent me a photo. This is no good. Like he sent me a photo of it. It was in the box, and and, me, and I'm like laughing. I'm like, was it bad? He's like, no. Why don't you go help him some more, Tony? I'm like, oh, I didn't. I didn't help him, man. I just talked to them a little bit. I <laughs> I didn't help them, so I just you didn't want the cr- any they credit. Were, <laughs> well, you know, you're looking at it. People are looking at their operations right now. They're looking, and especially in 2020, mm-hmm. what's working, what's not. And I know, you know, obviously Pizza Hut said, hey, we need to jump on the Detroit bandwagon. We need to get on this fast. And all of a sudden, from August to January, you see commercials and ads and uh, as much as you can about their Detroit style pizza. Um, so it's interesting. Describe a traditional Detroit. You know, it's typically in a rectangular pan uh, that's that's buttered, usually. Um, but some people use olive oil. It's a pizza that's similar to what a Sicilian rectangle would look like. Um, it's slightly smaller and not as risen. Uh, the dough is similar to like a New York style dough recipe. It's not super hydrated. It's not underhydrated. It's it's a regular standardized dough it's it's nothing too out of the ordinary about it mm-hmm. typically there's no starters in it um even though i put starters in mine so there's no pre-ferments what you do is you push push out in these in these detroit pans and back in the day they used to be blue steel pans and these pans were used to clean uh wrenches in high heat ovens to burn off the oil and wow um you know all of a sudden somebody said hey i want to get use one of these pans like a guy named gus Pereira and let me go ahead and try and make a pizza in this pan and not use it to clean wrenches and did the motor seat city, you know, Detroit. Yeah. So, you know, you grab a dough, you push it out, you let it rise. I, I like the par bake it. There's, there's people against par baking when it comes to Detroit, it's a better Detroit when you par bake it's, it's um, there's no doubt about it. The comparison is, is, is better. So when you properly cook a pan pizza, you, you actually should par bake it and then put the toppings because you seal it. I mean, mm. if you're cooking in Italy or going against anybody in the world championships, that's really the best way to cook cook it. So, and it is is still a pan pizza. So when it comes to this, I push it down in my pan in a buttered pan, let it rise, par bake it, take it out. I use a blend of brick cheese and uh, cheddar um, and a little bit of mozzarella, which you push to the edges and in the middle, you push it so far to the edges that when it bakes the second time, it'll start to caramelize around the edges and you'll chisel that pizza out of it. So you're, you're really creating this kind of crown buttered crown. That's super delicious and, um, flavorful. I put my sauce on at the end, two racing stripes of sauce. That's hot. Um, some people do, some people don't. I used to watch Sean Randazzo put their sauce at the end. And when I watched that, um, I realized that you get a stronger pizza, a pizza that's less wet, um, a pizza that can support the ingredients, uh, that are on it. And that could be anything you think of really now. Um, and then I finish it with oregano, garlic oil, and some Romano. Um, the pizza's rich, uh, that caramelized cheese kind of reminds you of that slightly burnt mac and cheese you had uh you know that kind of almost adult mac and cheese that you love now and it has that mm-hmm. tang that <laughs> cheddar and brick kind of cheese tang in the back of your mouth that 
that's what it really and the, and the sauce is robust so it it's a very kind of midwest kind of feel pizza to just meat potatoes kind of feel like to it but man once you have it i mean you're eating it backwards from the crust <laughs> today and so i mean it, it it's it's really delicious and i've had new yorkers try say that's just a sicilian and then New Yorkers in my course, we all know, no, this is Detroit. No, no, have you. Now you're right. It's not Sicilian. It's, <laughs> it's definitely in a class of its own. It's in its own category. You can't say it's uh, a Sicilian or grandma. It's it's definitely its own. Well, you know, I wanted to give it a shot, you know, so I, I have this amazing book called the Pizza Bible. You probably heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yours. And and I've had it for a while. I've given some gifts out to people and they, uh, some chefs too, and it just blows their mind, the detail. And, you know, I mean, you've got, before I get to the, to, to the Detroit, um, so I opened the book and I thought, oh my gosh, I had to start scrolling again. You've got so many cool um, pizzas in here and the, the, the details are perfection. So somebody can make them at home. In my opinion, like I made one at home, the Detroit, I'll go over that in a moment, but you've got regional American uh, and different varieties of each of the ones I'm going to list quickly, regional American, Chicago, Sicilian style, California style, Napolitana, regional Italian, global, grilled, wrapped and rolled, and then a section on focaccia too, with everything in between. The reason I went through that is, you know, when they go to a restaurant, if a restaurant offers all of these things, to, to know that they can actually see what it is and it's defined in your book, if they said, oh my God, I had this, this killer Sicilian pizza, but I don't know, you know, they have to try to find a book covering that. You've got it all. So that's, that's awesome. So thank you for the writing this book. No, thank you. No, I, I appreciate it. I, um, you know, when I started Tony's and I, I thought of doing all these styles of pizza, a lot of people thought I was not, or mostly almost everybody thought I was nuts or I can't be done. Or why do you like all these styles? And then, you know, <laughs> back in the day, you only like New York, you only like Chicago and you didn't like both. And, you know, nobody did multiple styles. So, you know, as an operator or owner, you, now you see guys in Vegas, you see guys in New York, and they have five, six, seven styles and all this stuff, and they have it lined up. You know, 10 years ago, you never saw that at all. It, it, it just, it was just kind of unheard of. So to be able to put it in a book for that home chef to be able to make restaurant quality pizza, um, it, it was important to me because there were a lot of a lot of cookbook writers that weren't really uh, owners, operators, or chefs, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of people just write cookbooks and you don't really, you know, you're grabbing stuff off the shelf in your, in, in Safeway where you can be really sourcing grande cheese or stainless sauce, tomato products, stuff, stuff that we use in the restaurant industry. And years ago, you couldn't reference that in books because you couldn't just Google it or find it on Amazon. And now you can. So, I feel, you know, when you're reading a book, looking at a book and you're looking at, you know, seeing a Peter Reinhardt book and you're making bread at home, that's a real guy that knows, you know, how to make bread and at a bakery and, and, and or pizzeria. So there, it's, it's, I think it's important. And what I really like about the dual purpose of your book, you can be a professional, but somebody at home can make it too. So you, you really help a lot of people. On page 64, I looked it up. I found that Detroit Red Top, which seems to be kind of the base Detroit that you use, and maybe you do variations off of that, yeah? I do. That's our standardized, basically, cheese pizza in, in the world with sauce on top uh, when it comes to that pizza. But, yeah, the Red Top is is considered, uh, yeah, your, your kind of your gold standard in the industry when it comes to Detroit. 
and everything after it can be, you know, your personal preference. So I, I, I didn't give it a shot and I'll be honest with you. I have a Sicilian pan. I don't have, I didn't have the correct right pan. So I messed up. I mean, I used a stainless steel. So I'm going to walk through a couple of things and ask you why they're important um, to making a, a really good Detroit one. Let me start with, uh, you mentioned earlier that the, that the, the dough can be a, just a good pizza dough, right? A standard. It's not like a real specific uh, pizza dough that you have to follow. Yeah. You, it's a standardized dough. I mean, usually you don't use it starter, but I mean, I, I, in the restaurants I use starters, but in the book, I, I, I probably mentioned that you don't have to use a starter in it. So it's a standardized dough. I wouldn't never use like a Neapolitan dough in this mm-hmm. recipe. I, I would use a dough that was similar to a New York. It was a high gluten, high protein flour that had some sort of browning agent, like a sugar or malt that had oil in it. Um, it had about 65% hydration to it. Um, and of course it's, it's activated with yeast, but, uh, but yeah. You know, the ingredients I think are pretty easy to find locally, but the brick cheese gave me a little trouble. Yeah. Brick cheese can be hard and the pans could be hard to source. You know, Lloyd's makes great pans, uh, Detroit style pizza company. You can find pans on If you're looking for a Detroit pan. I would definitely look for two of those because the pans are actually important. And then you're looking at cheeses. So some people that can't find brick cheese tend to use Munster cheese in mm-hmm. their blend. Um, I would try to source brick if you could. I blend that with cheddar. And if you wanted to add a little whole milk mozzarella, you could do that. Um, I do that in the pizzerias, but in the book, I I, I just use mostly brick and, and cheddar. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. Combination worked well, and the, the cheese is significant. I mean, if you're looking for authenticity, it, it would be great if you could locate brick, which you, you can. Um, but it, yeah, maybe a little tough or expensive. <laughs> ah, that's okay. If you want to do it right. I mean, that's why I, I mean, if it, if it was $50 a blo- uh, for a brick of that cheese, if it was only two pounds, I'd get it. Cause I want to make the pizza that we can talk about today. So I was close, not quite. The other thing is, um, when you prepare the pan, uh, and you put say the butter and maybe you add a little bit of oil or, or whatever you're using to it. Do you rub it on the sides too, or just on the bottom? Uh, bottom and sides a little bit slightly, but not, not, not super heavy because you want that cheese to caramelize. Um, so if it, if, if you, uh, if it doesn't, if you over oil it or you over butter it, like it's, it's a little different than, uh, when you're buttering a, uh, let's say a Chicago deep dish and you don't, don't want your sides to collapse and you mm-hmm. over butter it. I mean, it's, it's, it's in, it, it would be better to lightly coat it. How about that? Got you. Yeah. I think I may have got a little heavy cause it, it's separate. I did the par bake, which is great. Um, I agree with you. It's really, really good that way. And, and if you um, over par bake it too, by the way, if you par bake it too long, your dough may shrink. Yeah. I had a little bit of a shrink. So I think I went probably two to three minutes long. I looked at, I think you had seven minutes down. So that's, what's nice. You go through it, you know, really clearly, you know, and how you bake using the pizza stones. Um, what if, if somebody doesn't have a pizza stone, would they put it right on the rack or what would you recommend? I would get a baking sheet okay. or a half sheet, like a quarter sheet, uh, pan, a cookie mm-hmm. sheet, something that, and you could flip the quarter sheet upside down. So it's just a solid metal surface. Oh, okay. Anything that you can connect to a solid metal surface rather than just a rack where you get too much airflow mm-hmm. um, may not get as hot, may not penetrate the bottom like you want. Got you. Well, anyway, it, it was amazing. Yeah. My wife and I and the family, they, we loved it, especially those edges. I mean, it's just killer. Just the way you describe it, crunchy and then super soft and billowy in the middle. 
And that I agree on the sauce, waiting to put it on. Yeah, the, you know, just slightly heating your sauce. You know, the longer you heat your sauce, the more water will come out of it or the, you know, the more tomato flavor will come out of it. That's why typically you don't cook your tomato sauce um, when it comes to um, pizza. But when when it comes to Detroit, I we just slightly warm it up and then and put those racing stripes of sauce on it. And it really, really pops. Um, the flavor profile really really doesn't, it doesn't make your pizza so soggy and wet, which a lot of times that moisture when it's cooked on a pizza mm-hmm. will just kind of go right into your, um, into your dough, making it uh, kind of a gummy line, kind of a wet line. Uh, on, again, on the Detroit, have you seen a rise in its popularity in your restaurants? I know you have it in Capos and the Pizza Rock in Las Vegas and Henderson. So it must be really taken off for you. It's been really, really busy. It, it got um, extremely busy at COVID at Tony's. I ended up bringing it to Capo's and, and I ended up um, now at Capo's. I have, um, I have every style um, of Detroit that I offer in deep dish and cracker thin. So yeah, it got so busy at Tony's and it's still busy actually at Tony's. I, 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 it's, kind of busy everywhere it's busy at slice house in walnut creek it's busy in in vegas no it's really kind of taking the helm um mm-hmm. for sure is it detroit becoming one of the more popular ones as a percent of sales for sure if you look at your daily batch and you look at uh, your menu mix and your specific items of what you're selling um we're, we're, we're selling a ton and i can i it's easy to do that or it's just you know how much dough you go through for that one specific uh, 18 ounces that we use now in, in the dough for the dough. So we are making more dough every day for it. And uh, you know, the, the back end of it doesn't lie when you do a menu mix, you see how many you sell for the day. So yeah, no, it's good. I'll come in and on my chefs will say, how's it going? He's all, man, we sold a ton of Detroit last night. You know, that's no. kind of like, the, it's like almost every time I walk in, that's, you know, yeah. So it's funny. So do you say sorry, because is it kind of trick to make or they, they it's more work for the guys and girls or, or what do you think? No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, Romans are a little tougher to do in some of our concepts. Um, it takes a little bit of time when they come out and you mm-hmm. let the sides like kind of sizzle and separate a little bit, then you take it out. So finishing those pizzas and landing them in a box and, Kind of that that could take a little bit of time, um, but yeah, now as long as we're selling pizzas, <laughs> you know, that's all I care about. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not complaining at all, it, honestly. You know what's nice about those pizzas is they take up less room in your oven, so you actually do more volume at once. And I'm sure that the servers probably um, love to not to say push it, but they like to tell people about it because it's so good. Well, what's nice is I mean, it's funny is like it's good and bad. Like like Pizza Hut may kind of may i'm saying like you know may not make the best pizza but they're advertising it so it's like people may know more what it is because they heard about it instead of having a server try to come explain it and but the problem is is you don't want them to try the pizza hut and if they didn't like it they may say i don't like that style i had it once and then you're like no no ours is different you know so i don't know how how's theirs is or not but it's one of those things is that you don't want them to ruin it. And then plus it, is it a nine 99 kind of pizza when ours is much, much more expensive. So those are kind of things like good and bad. Well, at least they explained it to the public what it is, but now you hope the public tries it uh, when they come in. It, it, it hasn't done anything yet. It hasn't, I haven't seen anything yet 
Um, I've only had chefs and kind of people talk bad about it, but I haven't really uh, had a customer literally come in and say, oh, no, that thing, the pizza, that's, oh, no, I don't want that one. I'll just get a New York pizza. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. Huh. They haven't stick come in and said, you know, I think I'll try the California because I'll probably get the Detroit <laughs> later from Pizza Hut. So don't, that's right. I'll stick with this one. You have any, uh, <laughs> any interesting stories about the Detroit pizza from any of your establishments? Like, you know, uh, a story about maybe having a customer get blown away or Oh, you know, I've had people just fall in love with it. I've had a couple of people not like it. It's too heavy, too rich. Um, but usually they're, they're kind of like, well, you get two customers, customers that grew up with it, that when they have it, they, oh man, it reminds me of when I was back home or this, this is better than Detroit or this is how buddies did it. I mean, those are the ones that you, you really love. It's like turning a New Yorker, you know, you have a New Yorker that comes in, oh, I know pizza. And then they have your pizza. like, wow, this is as good as New York and stuff. I mean, it's almost like making a bagel and all of a sudden they think your bagel's great and, and stuff. So no, I've had a lot of people be excited about it. I mean, and like it and love it, you know, when they try it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a little different, you know, Neapolitan was a pizza style that you kind of love or hate. Um, it kind of like when it's soft, charred, chewy, wet, you know, people may not get it. So that's more of a pizza that if somebody gets it and they said, I thought it was crispy and thin. This is, this is not well charred and charred and is not crispy. You know, it's two mm -hmm. different things. And, mm -hmm. and those are the ones that are kind of like you get upset about because they just didn't really get the style. Detroit, on the other hand, most of us get it. I mean, it's not like if an Italian walks in from Naples, I'd be selling them a Detroit and most <laughs> of them would be all, what the heck's this? <laughs> um, but um, I have I have had some Italians fall in love with it. Um, Antimo Caputo, the one of the owners of Caputo Flour, uh, one of the most famous flour companies in in the in the world that you use for Neapolitan, who who he lives in Naples. Um, it's one of his favorite styles, and he gets he gets it at Pizza Rock in Las Vegas every year for Pizza Expo. So. I have turned a few Neapolitans to it, and it's kind of funny. You would never, Neapolitans would say, no way, that's not pizza. But actually, Antimo uh, would disagree with you, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, oh, man, this has been great. Thank you for, you know, all this cool information. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about the Detroit before... Uh I heard it was your birthday today. Happy oh, birthday. Oh, darn. You heard because I told you. <laughs> I won't tell uh, anyone how old you are. We'll oh, I can't say. Oh, hold on. This yes. connection. I think I'm about to lose my uh, connection. So let's keep in touch. <laughs> now, listen. So tell me what is happening. Uh, thank you for the birthday wish. I appreciate it, Tony. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, any new projects for you coming up? I mean, you have this, the most famous pizza book that's ever been written. And it was deep and, and difficult to write and took a lot of time, I know. What do you, what do you think is coming up for you? You know, I, I've been working on, uh, I, I worked on two books. Well, well, one book for sure. I mean, I wrote a autobiography with a friend, Joe, um, Bamadio. We were working on it since before COVID and we finished it up. Um, we're almost finished with it hmm. and, uh, I may try to get that published, but now I'm looking to, uh, try to do, uh, maybe a piece of Bible volume two or the new Testament or something that, could be um, old testament to new nice and uh could be something that uh could be in the works and we're talking about it and you know there's some new pizzerias that are opening some slice houses tony g's are kind of excited and right actually in my backyard san leandro that's going to open up and, and it's near 
near the city that I started in Castro Valley, Paisanos. So people remember that. But um, San Leandro Slice House is coming. A Belmont Slice House is coming. There's a new concept coming to another one coming to Boise, Idaho. And uh, now I'm just working away. Some some TV coming up, which is exciting. They're starting to shoot again. Gosh. And uh, I just got um, getting finalized for my vaccination. So I'll be shooting a new show coming up pretty soon. I can't say, but it's kind of exciting too. Well, they should do a, a, a biography, uh, like a full-on movie about you. You know, get a young Tony. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you, <laughs> you, you, and, you and I could watch. I don't know. I don't no, know. Yeah. you've got some interesting <laughs> stories. I remember from the first uh, podcast and you've got the book for kids. I, I have it. It's amazing. You know, it's Oh, fun. thank you. So it's so cool. Well, listen, Tony, thank you again for, for coming on. And uh, thanks for uh, enlightening us on the Detroit pizza. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you. For all of you listening out there, Chef Special is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check it out at Believe.com. And follow me on Instagram at Patrick Honeywell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.